Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Previously on Crash and Fourier. Yeah, I have your next project for you. Oh, God. Oh, I have your what's next that? project oh, for you. I feel like well, it's just a Matthew, working title. If you have you, so it's a working title. Quick pitch, quick elevator pitch. Oh, man. Fourier. Just a kid right. from the valley. The life and times of Christian Fourier growing up in the San Fernando Valley. There we go. There That's we it. go. All right. This is Gresh and Fourier. They did a lot of good things. They just didn't have the finish. They didn't get any luck around the net. Too many posts. Too many chances that you expect them to score that they didn't. And it cost them the hockey game. Cost them points in the standing. The Bruins are the hunter now. No longer... The haunted Andy Gresh. Happy with a lot of parts of our game. Uh, we're not getting the results right now, and sometimes you go through that during the season. We gotta stick together. We gotta keep working, keep grinding. We had incredible looks. We hit posts. Uh, those those things happen. You have nights like that. Christian Fourier. I'm gonna say best available, but I'll go Jaden. If it's if he there, I take him. He won Heisman. He you you can see the arm talent. You can see the leg talent. I feel like. You have to have a mobile quarterback now. Gresh and Fourier right now. Sagwa, Michigan. On WEEI. Oh, they got another one. Oh, they got boy. another one. I can't believe. That's right. We got one. Another Matthew m- Judon? Uh, the modern quarterback. Yes. He it can is. run around, but will throw interceptions. Yeah, you got to be mobile. Now, nowadays, as a quarterback, you got to be mobile. You got to be able to run away when people are trying to tackle you. See, how it works is uh, you snap the ball, and they try to tackle you because they're on defense. And if, if nobody's open... You just can't stand there. Modern quarterbacks, they run away. Because uh, so, the old school quarterbacks just sit there and take it. So let me ask you this. In all the offenses that you played <laughs> in, were there plays designed where we said, now listen, when this fails, <laughs> yeah. the quarterback's going to run around all over the place. Yeah. I would say the majority of just for the record, I don't have the stats in front of me, but there's going to be a big percentage of the plays that I call, I'm the offensive coordinator, that don't work. <laughs> <laughs> right? Isn't that like the honest <laughs> offensive coordinator? <laughs> hey, guys. I'm going to be wrong. Yeah. I wish they, was, they would give some honesty like that. And uh, listen, you guys may need to, you know, run open. Uh, you guys may need to, you know, keep the play alive. And quarterback, you just can't stand back there, right? Because you're allowed to move. You're allowed to run around because the old school way of uh, playing quarterback was the quarterback just stood there. And they allowed because it wasn't fair for them to run away. Oh, hey, you know what that's else? That's right. And then, you know, and then, they, and then suddenly, you know, the, the game became evolved and, they decided to start, you know, acting like they were going to run and then throwing a pass. It was called a naked or a bootleg. What they did is they their deception was allowed in the NFL. We're going to act like we're going to run this way and everybody's going to go the other way, but we're really going to throw it. And then we added pulling the guard. Ooh, so we turned well, it well, into. Well, that's not fair because that tells me that it's a run. And then we turned it into a waggle. <laughs> 
I mean, That's right. Waggle, waggle bull legs, and yep. naked. Yeah. There you go. Oh, man. That, I didn't even hear that. There's the NFL for you that some people think in 2024. Unbelievable. Oh my God. Everybody's, everybody's sick. I feel like everybody's somehow infected with this weird, like, eh, modern-day quarterback means mobile. Yeah. You well, got to run. Like, honest to God. You know what people forget on the whole mobile part of it? The first thing in being a quarterback is being accurate and maybe smart. And then the ability to run, not the ability to the run because you're thing. not accurate. Or it you're honestly not smart. is the last thing. I, if I was going to you know, create uh, the criteria in a particular order, mobility would not would not be would be almost last when I really broke it down. Right when I really was like, hey, okay, I'm paying this guy to block. I'm playing this guy to kind of run routes. I'm I'm also paying him to catch and run routes, and I'm paying this guy to run the football. So I don't really want my quarterback to run. I mean, if he can, it'll be great. But I'd rather him be really smart, and it, it would be really important for him to be accurate. Who who was it that joined us that gave us this? You know, if if you're gonna dig in and break down, because I'm kind of spacing on who it was. Uh, two minute, You're asking me? Two-minute fourth quarter coming from behind. How quickly do they process info? Double A, anticipate in accuracy, and then identify intangibles. Now, those are kind of the stack in terms of oh, yeah, what yeah, some yeah. are looking. It wasn't Jim Nagy because I wasn't here the day that Nagy like, was on, but it was it was someone who had joined us and talking about. Oh, I would say, you know it was? It was Baldy, I think. I think we asked Baldy the yeah, whole, if you're looking sense. at these youngs, you know, if you're looking at the quarterbacks, what in the world are you looking for? And that whole double A thing uh, stood out. But uh, we're we're going to be all over the okay. place today. I'm totally just, we're just kind of telling you, Billy and Nick will be uh, in the show a lot. We're just sort of, uh, for a road to work with me today, <laughs> it was... Uh, How much fun did you have going to work today? Uh, be honest. No, it was... It was, it was great. It was good. It was it great. Wasn't that you, far you, out of your way? Nope. Hopped in the car. Got to meet my wife. And oh then, yeah, there we go. And your wife was like, "Here, take it." Oh yeah, she could not. It was like she was letting. She was like dropping me off at camp. Christian was like, summer. "Hey, have you guys ever met before?" And Kim kind of furrowed her brow, and I was like, "Yeah, we probably have somewhere along the way." I'm very forgettable. <laughs> and then she was like, "Okay, you go with your little <laughs> yeah, friend. Get like, the hell out of here." I think she threw my little scooter out of the back of the car and said, "And then like all I heard was like the tires screeching." I couldn't figure out uh, why you popped open the back, and I'm like, "Oh, the wheelie cart's got to yeah. get in there." And then, yeah, my scooter, and then my wheels. In. Yeah, uh, at Gresh Fourier W E E I on Twitter, you can uh, you can see the ride up uh, with me and Fourier today. How long do you have the hard cast on? Another week. Uh, when do you yeah. go to the walking boot? Uh, the twenty seventh. Oh wow! Yeah. So they have to cut that off and then put a new one. No, on? No, it's only a half cast. I can actually take it off right now and redo it if I wanted to. No, no, no. I can show you. No, my, no, no, no. No, I, no, no. It's not the scar or anything. It's it, smell. Oh, it'll yeah. reek. It'll smell like five day underwear. <laughs> yeah, I no, know. I my toes want... are starting to look kind of right. Too. Yeah, there is that too. That's no, true. I changed my underwear when I took a shower the other day. So, so you know. So how many? Sh- so the other day. Hold on, you got surgery on Monday. Yeah, and today once. is Friday. You've had one once, shower. One shower. Oh my god, you're like curly from the three uh, stooges. But I'm not sweating. I'm not really doing anything. I'm not having. You know, nobody's really hanging out with me, or I'm not having sex. So what's the big deal? Oh my god, it's hilarious. <laughs> it really is. Do you think you'll shower over the holiday weekend? I'll probably shower tomorrow when I have a lot, dude. I literally have to. Crawl on my hands and knees, butt naked, okay, into the shower, somehow climb up to this little bench I have in the shower, and then use the whole handheld thing and then just 
sponge bath myself. Uh, I have a comment on that. But for those watching on Twitch, good morning to the Twitchers. Twitch.tv slash Boston WEEI. Or you can just go to the live stream on YouTube. Type in WEEI. Boom. It's right there. You'll be able to click on the uh, the live stream through YouTube. Uh, you can see Foyer and I on the uh, ride up here. Here's the thing. Now, this is the second time that I've heard you mention the whole, oh, I got to crawl into the shower yeah. butt naked. Yeah. Why don't you put some swim trunks on or some skibbies eh. and then do that? And then I don't it's just know. more to put on and take off. It's yeah, just but, easier to, it's just easier but then that to just, way you're not so self-conscious that your ass is in the air. Yeah, and my wife has got to be in the in the shower with me. So as I'm walking in, crawling in butt naked, it's not the most it's not the sexiest thing I think she's ever seen in her life. Because don't you have crutches? Can't you just like no? It's slippery. It's dangerous. I'm not messing around. I'm gonna slip and kill myself. Not not for like a slippery tile floor. Like soapy. Standing there with them just to get in. Eh. Have you? You know what? I'm gonna bring my crutches in and see if you can get into a shower butt naked as a shower. Shower up. Let's try it. I was gonna. uh, It's actually right over here. Oh, so Chicken Nick is willing to get buck naked, ladies and gentlemen. You said it. You heard it. You heard it. You can see it on Tuesday. Oh man. Oh, uh, Dad O'Dank hit me with the, are you driving and using your phone, LOL? No, we were stopped at the freaking split because, God forbid, you don't wait there for 10 minutes at two miles an hour to be able to merge from 95 onto the other part of 95 known as 128. That's like 15 minutes of the day every day for crying out loud. So, uh, oh, yeah, there it is. Uh, Getting the old uh, wheelie cart out there. It's the best thing I've ever purchased in my life. Uh, yeah, that wheelie cart's really uh, working well for you. But yeah. uh, no, just put some. There's no way you don't own a speedo. Uh, I do not own a speedo. Yeah, it may surprise you. That's a not. lie. That, Didn't you tell us a story about you at a family vacation wearing one? Yeah, yeah. but no, to but I don't own kids. it anymore. It was like six years ago. I don't have it anymore. Do you have a nasty ass Borat bathing suit hanging? How about that one? No, we yeah, (laughs) yeah. Put the uh, put the unitard on or whatever. Yeah, at least it covers your twig and giggleberries. Yeah, for the most part. Yeah, on the whole, yeah, you're not. uh, (laughs) Well, other stuff too, but anyway. Uh, yeah, it's gonna be uh, it's gonna be that kind of day. Well, the Bruins lose to the Kraken four to one, and I know we heard the commentary from uh from Nesson on just really the breakdown from Brick. Where, uh, like, again, puck luck too trite to say. The Kraken came in and did what they need to do. There were times where it wasn't unlucky. There were times where the Bruins were, I would say, kind of snake bit last night. But I'll be the first one to admit, I was kind of in and out of uh, of last night's game. I know we already have a fire Monty in the Twitch oh, chat. Geez. I mean, so there's, Whoa, this is, there's this, one is of this, those in there. Is this the wall? Like, you already had the all-star break. You're 1-4-0 oh, since that time, right? You only won one time. You've, you, you've, your, power, your power play looks like it can't get going. Your PK is horrible. And maybe this is the uh, come-to-Jesus moment that they've been waiting for. This is when I look at, like, a hockey team and I say, because what do they have, like, like seven games or something like that? It was a long homestand. They probably can't wait to get the hell out of Dodge. This is when hockey teams come together. They go on the road. Oh, really? They go over to Canada. <laughs> they go to some. Uh, they go have dinner. Like I'll, I'll ask Razor with with them kind of scuffling a little bit, and you know you can blame uh, puck luck on last night's loss all you want. They still lost. It's still a thing. Um, I wonder like how desperate they are to just to get out of like the sick of playing at home, wanting to like just get out on the road. 
Well, uh, they're great at home. They're even better on the road at 15, 5, and 6 on the year. I think the the thing that will make some people nervous is Tampa normally surges in the second half of the season. They're about nine points behind the Bruins. But right now, the Bruins are straight up even in terms of points with the Florida Panthers, where the Panthers actually have a better record than the Bruins, but the Bruins have been really good of finding little ways to get points and stuff like that. And I think that's the real alarm, which is, oh boy, we're 54 games in, and now you've got Florida creeping up right beside the Bruins. They're right there with them. And when you look at Florida, Boston, and Tampa, and then you got Toronto a point behind Tampa in that uh, Atlantic division, the battle is starting to kind of close in a little bit. So if there is anything that the Bruins need as a bit of a, let's say, a kick in the ass, just turn to the standings. That That's really uh, all you got to do. I know we got a lot to get to today. NBA All-Star Game, all that. Mark and Medford wants in on the Bruins. Mark, go ahead. Foyer just took the words right out of my mouth. This is the perfect time for a cross-country road trip, even oh. though it's in Canada. Perfect timing for it, Foyer. You hit it right on the head. You watch. They'll sweep this road trip. You watch. Wow. Mark calling the shot yeah. there on the sweep in the road trip and Mr. Hockey making the uh, call on the shot there. I know Mark is one of the puckheads out there. Uh, and I say I know, that you lovingly. mentioned Bruins and bam, the, the phone line. No, up definitely. Uh, we also got the big announcement from uh, Wick Grossbeck on the Greg Hill show this morning. How about that? So uh, uh, for those who may have missed it, uh, the Celtics are chronicling their season this year as well. Here is what the we're not allowed to say owner anymore. What the governor of the Celtics, it's like he's running the state. What the governor of the Celtics said earlier today on the Greg Hill Show. Nothing to re- officially report yet, but we are in production on a uh, multi-part, absolutely top quality, fantastic uh, documentary series on uh, along the lines of hopefully The Last Dance and so on. Ooh. And uh, we are deep into that. We've signed contracts. Film is being filmed and archives are being gone through and it's in process. Wow. Really wow. exciting. Wow. And they're following the team. They're following the team this whole year, so hmm. uh, it's like behind the scenes. So we'll see what happens. But uh, uh, oh. win or lose, it'll be out. I hate to think these things are starting to jump the shark. And well, this is the well. This is a team they they obviously believe that he mentioned the last dance, like the last time uh, the, you know that Bulls team was together and they won a championship. They obviously think that they strongly believe that they're going to win it this year. And I'm so sure, let's make sure we have all the cameras so we you know um, right right chronicleize everything. Uh, but you know, but we're also going to hear about it next year, especially if they win. Like the, what made the last dance special was A, it was a reminder of what once was, but also it was all of that behind-the-scenes stuff that the players shot. That like We're trying to now do these documentaries to where we're setting them up to where it's like, yeah, look, you're catching everything in real moments, and it's kind of like, eh, are we really? Like, to me, that's what made The Last Dance really separate. Like, this documentary with the Patriots – where everybody is now relatively comfortable enough talking about it that it's stuff you haven't heard or seen before. 
Or is there really going to be that kind of stuff in a documentary like this where the team is kind of like, oh, we might be good. Let's make sure we're videoing everything. Yeah. You know what I mean? And, and some may say that Alex Cora is having his own kind of last dance in a way, but with no cameras. I think Lou Merloni has something to say about that. Oh, yeah. Bill O'Brien, BC coach at 11 o'clock. Razor, Andrew Raycroft at 1125. We'll give you another winning parlay like we hit last night for over 200 bucks at uh, 1148. And then Lou Merloni is with us at noon. We got a big show today. Uh, we will get to it with you. How about some Celtic superlatives with the end of the first half of the uh, season? And there's one ESPNer who thinks Jason Tatum could be the MVP. We'll get to that. Save us as a favorite on the Odyssey app. And take Boston Sports Original everywhere you go. Gresh and Fourier. On WEEI. I got Jason Tatum as the leading candidate for league MVP. Now that Joel Embiid is out. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Does winning matter? Does being the best player on the best team matter? I'd say it does. I'm looking at a brother that was averaging 30 last year, 6th in the NBA. He's now averaging 27. I got some of the numbers here right now, okay? Tatum is one of four players averaging 27 and 8 along with Embiid, Luka, and Giannis, okay? We know Philadelphia, Milwaukee, and Dallas ain't what they, ain't what Boston is. That was old screaming A on ESPN, pumping the tires of Jason Tatum for MVP. What do you think of that, Foley? Uh, well, I think it's pretty important because um, it doesn't feel like the individual six, like honors are kind of being you know showcased on him, as opposed to beforehand, where before he signed his big contract, where it felt like there was like this movement to elevate him in some way, form, or fashion, right? And it's more, everything about the Celtics now is more team-oriented. That's what I see. Oh, I don't disagree at all. Uh, I think it's hard for a guy like Tatum where you can't point to every night, oh, that's unbelievable, right? Like the whole, like when I look at it's Shea Gilgis-Alexander, who right now, I'm on uh, DraftKings. This was Thursday at 6.50 p.m. These odds posted. Uh, SGA was plus 210 behind Nikola Jokic at minus 140. Jokic is a unicorn, a little bit like Porzingis in a way, or sorry, Porzingis is like Jokic in that way. But it's hard to kind of beat somebody that stands out like that where their team continues to win. The second favorite on the board to win the championship behind the Celtics is the Denver Nuggets. And then how about this in the MVP markets? Jokic minus 140, SGA plus 210, Giannis plus 800, Luka plus 1,000. If you want to drop a nugget or pizza money on Tatum, he's plus 4,000 on DraftKings to win the MVP. Yeah, so when it comes to the NBA MVP I think the easy thing, you want to look at the top three, just look at NBA stats and information, just look at any you know basketball reference, go find who averaged the most points per game. Right now, it's Luka Doncic at 34.2 points per game. But, you mentioned Alexander, he's at 31. Yeah, but that's the thing, like Luka isn't winning enough. That's no, no, the I, I know, separator. but I feel like that's where I would start. Because I, I think they're just all, like, it, like, so if Joel Embiid, good player, he's missing, He's not. Uh, he's not going to be in. Uh, you know, when it comes to um, points per game, I think you start with that. 
Then you you like so uh, Alexander. I mean, his points are always going to be up there. His team is getting better. We'll see how it ends. Um, Giannis and Giannis is their team is like floundering. Nobody's really even paying attention to them anymore. I'm proud of you for not trying to power through like Didn't yesterday, where half your tongue Didn't was asleep to. and you couldn't pronounce. You, de Compo. you had you had yeah. issues pronouncing yeah. yesterday. Yeah. So look at the top ten. Sagwal, Michigan. <laughs> <laughs> look at the top ten. I'm just gonna give you the top ten. Okay. Top ten scores in the league. Stop. Yep. Top, top ten scores in the league. Go from ten to one. Okay. So. All right, uh, DeAndre, De'Aaron Fox? No chance. Tatum? Chance. Devin Booker? Yeah, no. Yeah, right? Okay, Jalen Brunson? Uh, no, no, no. Curry? Always. Never know. Uh, People love him. That's I, why. I would say no. Though I would say, I would no, say no, but no. the voters love him. If okay. he gets hot, you never know. Okay, Kevin Durant? Nah, maybe. Okay, uh, Donovan Mitchell? No, they won't win enough. Okay, and then he goes Giannis, uh, Alexander, and then Doncic. Giannis is out. I think Doncic is out. I, it feels like that the final three for the MVP, considering the way the Celtics are winning right now, and we have more on that, it could be uh, Jokic, SGA, and Tatum really end up the final three because if you take the top two out in uh, – uh, if you take the top two out, and you put Tatum with the rest of those guys like Donovan Mitchell and De'Aaron Fox and people like that, Tatum's got it all over those guys, in my opinion, Luka included. Yeah, but it's either it's – so the, it's always got to be a, a a combination of a couple things. I would I would hope it's a, a team that is, you know, you know, a playoff contender, championship contender. Has to be. It's got to be. Yep. Uh, a points leader, top five at least. And if you're not that, you got to do something nutty. You know, you got to be do something like well, uh, you have to be like Jokic. You have to exactly. be a unicorn. You have where to be assists, rebounds, and points. And you're like, wow, this has never been done since fill in the blank of former Hall of Famer. And that's what those numbers. And you go, well, how do we ignore this? It's never happened before. Joel Embiid. Well, look at the, he's beating the numbers from last year. It hasn't been done since fill in the blank of former Hall of Famer. So Tatum, for Tatum to win the MVP of the season. He's going to have to – there's going to have to be an uptick or guys like Stephen A. Smith are going to have to start using his name more even though his numbers aren't as impressive as the top five in the league. There's going to need to be a, a a PR campaign like colleges do for their Heisman Trophy winners. Like Wick is going to have to stop spending money on you know filming a documentary on this season and start spending it on billboards around the nation. Well, to your point on the whole, the, the way this whole MVP thing is gone here. So Embiid wins it last year. It was almost like a coming of age sort of moment, but he also averaged thirty three points and ten rebounds a game. Uh, because we had someone in the Twitch chat who's like the best player on the best team. Simple? No, no, it isn't. It's not that way. It totally isn't. Uh, because. You look at Jokic, won him to two years before. Giannis won it to two years before that. And what was the difference with those guys? They're big. They're unique. They're different. Now, the MVP does not come from a losing team usually. In, in fact, I don't think it ever has in the NBA. You do have to win at some level. But it's not as simple as go to the team with the best record and take their their best player. It's a lazy narrative in the, in the old Twitch chat. But then you look at James Harden won it before Giannis went back-to-back. But the year before that, to your point on do something special, Russell Westbrook was the league's MVP in 2017 
because he averaged a triple-double. Yeah, okay. And it's like, how do you ignore that? Former players will sit there and go, that's really hard to do. You guys aren't giving it, uh, giving it enough credit. Uh, reporters who have a vote, they will say the same thing. How do we ignore that? I wouldn't be doing my job if I didn't reward this but, and by the once-in-a-lifetime occurrence. In sixteen seventeen, in the year when Westbrook won it, the uh, Oklahoma City Thunder were sixth in the West. Not I mean, even, yeah. But but to your point, he did something special. Unique. Yeah, and, haven't been done in like forever, and that's why uh, that's why people gave it to him. This is amazing and great work by John Corrales to do the math on this. He put it out on uh, on Twitter. Uh, how about this on what it would take for the Celtics to not be the number one seed? Boston's on pace to win sixty four games. They have a six game lead on the Cavs who are 36 and 17 with 29 games left on the schedule. Boston owns the tiebreaker. So if the Celtics get to 64 wins, the Cavs would have to get to 65, which means the Cavaliers, ladies and gentlemen, would have to go 29 and 0 the rest of yeah. the way. <laughs> that is That's amazing yeah. when you think about it. Wow, what are the odds of then of, of of them having a like a massive collapse. You mean the Celtics? The Celtics, not the Cavs. Like for them to have a because again, you would have to have listen. They're not you know the Cavs are not going to go twenty nine and zero. Okay, that's not going to happen. You could see them having you know you know a a good record, obviously, but the Celtics with already a lead would have to massively collapse. And I I can see, and I don't see it happening at all. Well, the Celtics are forty three and twelve. I can see them getting to. 60, 61, but then, you know, you're going to rest guys. You're going to back off the accelerator a little bit. But to, to Corrales' point, if the Celtics do get to 64, the, so even if they got to 60, the Cavs would still have to go 25 and 4 in the second half. And actually, when I think about it, really 26 and 3 because they'd still have to be one game better. So the cushion that the Celtics have right now is uh, one that is rarely seen. And I do think there is the fine line that Joe Missoula is going to have to walk of making sure to keep these guys invested in it. And again, I said this the other day, if I'm, if I'm Joe Missoula, one of the things I'm using is the owners invested in us guys, getting the number one seed is important, not only for our success, but for the organization's success as well. It's extra money coming in. If we want these, you know, we want these owners to keep investing in us. These are the kinds of things that we need to go to achieve as a team. I don't think it's wrong to at least mention that because they're all business aware over there. Just ask Jalen Brown. Yeah, I don't know. I, I don't know if a coach would mention that to me, like, oh, the owners really need this. I'd be like, nah, don't really care about the owners. I would. I mean, I think they're self motivated, so I don't even think it matters. You know, and I'm, you know, so maybe it's, hey, listen, they thought so highly of you guys. They gave you the match because they know they could do it. Let's, let's, let's pay it forward. No, here's what it is. And then win. Do you know why, uh, do you know why Porzingis and Holiday's here? Not because of a great trade, because of a great trade. And the owners said they'll spend the extra money. That's why to me, you throw that in there because also there's the placating the superstars and all that stuff. And there's no way you can hold ownership of the Celtics negligent in not trying to put the very best team around them. I just think it's I just think it's a reality in that league because the players are eminently aware of 
who are the owners that extend to try to keep something going or make something happen and those who don't because it's very evident. Like, if you're a Golden State Warrior, Christian, there's no way two years ago it didn't resonate with you that they flipped 5% of the franchise because they wanted to keep the team together. That's kind of a big deal. I, I was thinking about this. I don't know why Steve Wilkes and the Celtics have something in common with me like this morning. And so we did a whole we did a whole like big deal, no big deal yesterday. Steve Wilkes, defensive coordinator of the 49ers. Yeah, I got punted. Got uh, gave up 19 points in regulation to the to the Kansas City Chiefs. Um and his numbers were actually his overall numbers on the year were better than former defensive coordinator D'Amico Ryan, who became the head coach of the Houston Texans. But Steve Wilkes, like three plays during the Super Bowl made terrible decisions. That cost them the game. You could say that. Overall, 95% of what he did was good, right? Yeah. The thing that I get worried about with Joe Mazzulla and the Celtics is here's a really good basketball team, has everything you need to win a, to win a title, yet their coach turns into Steve Wilkes when it matters most, and you lose one game here on the road with one second. It's just, it's just some bad decision that I still think – is an issue that I'm still kind of worried about. That when it matters most against, maybe it's Doc Rivers. I have no idea. Who knows? Right? He he just started. He's just they just hired him in Milwaukee, and they can't get out of their own way. No, they're hurting right now. So I just wonder if is that is it, do, does that still kind of weigh on you? You're not going to see it now. It's not going to manifest itself now. When basically the year is over, the season's over. They got 29 games left. They're going to make the playoffs. Obviously, they're probably going to have the number one seed. And they'll probably run through the first two rounds. And then the third round, Eastern Conference Finals will come up, and they'll be tested, and then, God forbid, they get to the NBA Finals, and we'll see what the coaching uh, comparison is there. Well, um, you know, when I look at Cleveland, I still think there's an advantage here. Uh, With the Knicks, it's interesting with Tom Thibodeau because the Knicks are more of the, we're going to play real hard defense, we are junkyard dogs, but we do have some guys that can score. I think every team in the East, really in that top four, like if I think of Cleveland, Milwaukee, and New York, they all present their own unique sort of circumstances here. Like, again, Cleveland, I'm not worried about getting outcoached. For me, it is the Donovan Mitchell factor. Great player. A little underrated, in my opinion, even though he's great. Can he take over a game with New York? They're going to try to bust your chops on defense and force you to play the long way. And then Milwaukee, Christian, they're the most talented team by far compared to the Celtics, I mean, compared to those other three with Cleveland and New York. They're the most talented, but we have no idea what the hell they are at this point. So could Doc outcoach Missoula? Maybe. He's got to get his team right first. Like, to me, Doc's problems are not the Celtics. Doc's problems are internal right now, and that's why, for me, I'm going to do the, okay, let's wait and see what Milwaukee looks like 20 or 30 games from now, let's say, and heading into the postseason, and can Doc get them right? Because if Doc can't figure out how to get that group right, he's not going to be able to coach his way through the Celtics with that team struggling the way they are, at least as I see it. Uh, six one seven 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 nine seven ninety three seven. All right, well, we had some guys here. We had some guys in Cabo. Oh, there you go. Was that him the other night? That was him last night. That was him last night. Yeah, last night. Yeah, because uh, they they basically did what the Nets did yep. Wednesday night against the Celtics. Their bags were packed. The flights were already booked, and they were on their way to Cancun.
it's really amazing that that organization looked at Mike Budenholzer as the problem. Hey, let's bring in Adrian Griffin. Whoop, screwed it up. Nope, here's the doctor. It's like, well, you just should have hired the doctor to begin with if you were going to get rid of old Coach Bud. Uh, dunk contest this weekend. It's All-Star Weekend. Here we go, baby. Some people are in Cabo. Jalen Brown is... Uh, did, did you see the Well, wherever they're doing the All Star Weekend. Did you see? <laughs> I didn't the, even look. It's an indie, isn't it? I think so. Yeah, yeah. it's an indie. Uh, did you see the uh, the somebody at Celtics took a still shot of him practicing one of his dunks? Dude's got hops. Oh, he can get up. I uh, mean, back to the basket, ball between his legs. Looked like he was about to just just you know throw it back, uh, reverse. I mean, it look that's gonna be. That's tune-in worthy type stuff. Now, if Jalen Brown does not win this dunk contest, it is one of the great travesties in sports. I'm telling you, I almost feel like there's this Mac McClung who won it last year, G League guy. He's okay. still in the G League coming up to participate in the dunk contest. If he didn't win it last year, they wouldn't have him in it. But he has oh, to defend his title. God almighty. He's a sentimental figure. Like it's the it's the, it's David and Goliath. It's little short little white guy who plays in the G League against the highest paid guy in the in the NBA. He's going to get some. And how do they even vote for this now? How does it work for what now? Do they do they? How does that what, for the dunk contest? Oh, I don't know. They, they, they don't just hold up, up numbers. Still, anybody yeah. counts them? I don't know. Yeah, is it like overall score? I think so. I know, but who is scoring? Is it? Oh, it changes just, every year. Do you, put, oh, yeah, you have a little shack. phone, or is it, is it crowd participation? No, no, no. Here are the judges. You ready? Oh, you ready? Yeah. yeah, you ready for the judges? Oh no, Dominique Wilkins. Ooh, can I make a guess? Yeah, Doctor J. Nope. What? Nope. You got Fred Jones. Okay. Who apparently was uh, in this contest in 04. That's what I read okay. something about that. All right, Fred Jones. I don't know. Fred Jones sounds like it could be anybody. Isn't it a character in Scooby Doo? Uh, Fred Jones. Fred Jones. Again, no. he's always wrong, right? I, I know he's half right. Sometimes he's got something <laughs> he's here. Got there is Fred. a Fred something. <laughs> All right, we have Gary Payton as a judge, uh, notorious uh, dunker. Uh, I mean, uh, where's Jet? Where's uh, where's Kemp at? Where's what's his face? Oh, uh, Sean Kemp. Where's Sean Kemp? Oh no, uh, Gary they, Payton. Uh, uh, apparently, uh, Reggie Miller is going to be busy, so they got a shooter from Golden State, Debbie Mitch Richmond. Okay. He's I already, know, I already, again, I already don't like the way this is all playing. Out. And uh, the final judge is, uh, and uh, folks at home, play along here unless you're driving. Raise your hand if you've heard of Darnell Hillman, <laughs> who was from Indiana of the ABA days. Anybody who? know? Anyone? Anyone? Even Ordway in Arizona is going, <laughs> even I don't know who that is. He had a quick cup of coffee, and then he was gone. I mean, I cover the ABA. <laughs> I mean, seriously, though, but like. The only one like, who belongs is Dominique, Dominique Wilkins, right. obviously. I guess Fred Jones because he won it. Right? You say he won it in 04? I think so. It said something. Or I he typed was in Fred in? Jones, and it came up with a Scooby-Doo character. So that was. He's not <laughs> Scooby-Doo. All right. Fred Jones, NBA, Dunk. Contest. Let's see what comes up here. Uh, here we go. Fred Joe. He did win the 04 dunk contest. What? What is he doing now? I don't know. That guy could walk down the <laughs> hall. I'd have no idea. What, I was like, hey, I'm your new program director. He okay. Could, he could have delivered the pizzas <laughs> yesterday. I had no idea. Uh, and Jalen Brown's competition is, as you mentioned, the defending champion, Mac McClung, who's going to come up from the Osceola Magic. 
Hey, the, are you going to fly out of the uh, Osceola Hair Care and Tire Center uh, to get to the airport? <laughs> and then you got uh, Jacob Toppin of the Knicks. Toppins. And uh, Jamie Jocks of the Heat. I hope I said that right. It's the Jalen. It's the Jalen Brown show. Jalen Brown is going to have to. He can't just barely win. He has to lap him. He, it has to be so obvious because Mac McClung is, you know, one, won it last year. Two, they're going to be, it's like Spud Webb all over again. Little guy, no one gives him a chance in the G League, but boy, look at him jump. If he loses the slam dunk contest, oh, talk about like when keeping it real goes wrong. If he loses it to oh, some guy Lord, from the G that's League, that's gonna suck. Yeah, I know that's what some of them might be a little bit afraid of. So I think some people may be hoping for there, it. There, there is a part of me that is uh, that wants to say, "Good job, Jalen Brown, for taking this on and not being afraid of maybe losing to some honky from the G League." But nevertheless, he is a leaper. So we'll see what happens in the old uh, All Star game. Uh... Have we found the focus of the Fenway Sports Group for the next five years? This has nothing to do with Rob Manfred. It's got everything to do with Las Vegas. That's next. Watch us. Love us. Just follow WEEI on Twitch. Gresh and Fourier on WEEI. Update from Fort Myers. Nothing going on. Nothing. Doesn't seem like it right now. Nothing going on. Nothing going on. I got wind of something. Fort Myers was going to happen. Oh, something was going to happen and nothing. So maybe we can address it at uh, noon with uh, the voice of baseball in Boston, our guy Lou Marloni. Uh, it is 1049 Gretchen Fourier here with you. Bill O'Brien, Boston College head football coach. At the top of the hour, make the appointment. Tell a friend. Make sure you're listening in on the Odyssey app if you're uh, about to get out of your car, wherever you go. Uh, on an interview recently on the Pat McAfee Show, Fourier, NBA Commissioner Adam Silver said that uh, Las Vegas, an expansion candidate. The uh, other cities that are rumored to be considered are Nashville, Vancouver, and Montreal. So, will this be the focus of the Fenway Sports Group for the next five years? That if there is going to be that NBA expansion, by God, they want that team wow. in Vegas and are trying to position themselves to do so? Think about it. We know that the NBA wants to get in there, right? You got to have people with deep pockets. I don't know what the expansion fee would exactly be. But if you look at a couple of different timelines, I'll go quick. Number one, LeBron. He's clearly at the end of his run. And the NBA does not want to be out of the LeBron James business. That's where the Fenway Sports Group has an inside track, right? Number two, we know the Fenway Sports Group can figure out the money as much as anybody and if you've got LeBron and you've got a bunch of money and you can show that LeBron's got some equity in it, I got to think that gives you a leg up. Yeah. Here's the other thing, too. Adam Silver mentioned, well, we'll get to expansion after we get our television contract done. Very wise owl of him. Very wise. <laughs> so when you start to look at the timeline, this lines up that within the next five years, Las Vegas is going to become a priority for the NBA. Hence, does it become a priority for FSG? Um, well, I mean, the first part, absolutely. 
Like the NBA will be in Vegas over Nashville, Montreal, like that town. They already did Vancouver. It just it is it is perfect for. It. I I mean, I don't know what the hell is going to happen to the to the Oakland A's or whether or not they're actually going to really move to Vegas. It seems like they're hitting roadblock after roadblock. So who knows if that will yeah, even happen? Ba- I think baseball is going to push that through, but never. Well, they're, yeah, I mean, but even though it's like, geez, they're they're so far behind. So NBA, the NBA will probably be there before the before baseball. And even when you were talking, I was like, wow, the Fenway Sports Group, they were so, you know, proactive. They said, listen, we know that this is probably a desirable area. Just like the whole Fenway experience involves real estate around Fenway Park. Started, like, you know, grabbing all that that uh, all that space. Yeah, LeBron James is probably their greatest asset. Hey, oh, you want a new franchise? LeBron James, just like Michael Jordan, he's he's an owner. He has an equity stake. He's going to run it. It needs to be in Vegas. LeBron James. Yeah, that's going to be your guy. I'm not surprised by it either. That's going to be the move. Now, here's what's tricky. Um, And I don't know if I've got the most current answer on this. At one point in time... They kind of didn't allow the cross-pollination. Of what? Of, like, if you owned, uh, you know, I, I do believe if you own a baseball team, you can't own a team in the NFL. But, like, Josh Harris is a part of the group that owns the Sixers that now owns the Washington Commanders. So I know they've they've eased up on the whole cross-sport ownership. But if there is any of that in the NBA or any trepidation, that's why LeBron matters. That's why LeBron matters because LeBron even, is go ahead. Even if it's owned by the Fenway, and I'm just speaking out yeah, of yeah. cuz I don't know exact and and it's very easy for the NBA to just be like, yeah, okay, we're letting in private equity. You can own da 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 da, da all that stuff. And I know Stan Kroenke owns the Nuggets and he's got the Rams and all that as well. So, I, but maybe LeBron in a way becomes the faux owner, representative, Sam Kennedy of the group that has the real money, eh, but we'll put LeBron near the top of the masthead. And even if somebody is worried about all of the holdings like the RFK racing and the Red Sox and the Penguins and Liverpool and da-da-da, eh, we got LeBron to shield us. We'll put him up there. It'll be fine. Uh, absolutely. Don't you think as far as um, – so the last – so Jordan owned a piece of a team. Uh, Braun is next. It makes so much sense. Kroenke's like, got the Avs, too. Now, again, you know, baseball team. So there's the whole Fenway. Look, I don't think the NBA is going to have a shortage of suitors. There's a reason that years ago. Yeah, they're going to want to put a player in there. There's a reason years ago the Fenway Sports Group welcomed LeBron with open arms. And it was the down the road thinking of there'd be people who could come in and pay more money for the expansion franchise. But imagine, I mean, think of this just quickly. Imagine if the NBA said, no, 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 this guy who has no NBA affiliation or whatever, or maybe no players in his group, uh, they're going to get the expansion team. And LeBron, maybe you guys can wait in line. Come on now. We know where this is going, right? That's a, so the strategic move that FSG made when they bring LeBron aboard. Wow, it feels like it was like five years ago. I would say about it was like that, a while ago, five or six years ago. This now it's going to come due. 
Because there are going to be a bunch of people trying to get in on that expansion who are going to be like, yeah, we're affiliated with no one. John Henry gets to run LeBron out there. And oh, by the way, LeBron can talk. Yeah. The other one can't. We'll talk to Bill O'Brien next.